0: Thank you Well, you coming? Where? Why, to the North Pole, of course. This is the Polar Express. I got a question. Here's the question. Have you ever bought something before? It's Christmas season. We're buying stuff. Has anyone ever bought something before that over-promised and under-delivered? Isn't it just all over our culture today, our marketing-centered culture, where we're getting promised things all the time? We're getting promised these big things. And and what we find is that most of the time, if it's too good to be true, it usually is. And many times we buy things, hear things, have people in our lives that promise us great things. And what we find is people over-promise and they under-deliver. Or a product over-promises and under-delivers. And I believe many times we can take that Idea and transpose that to God. And we have such a skeptical view of who our God is. We think, well, if God, if everything else is too good to be true, it probably is, then God must be the same way too. That, that God must overpromise and underdeliver just like everything else in our world today. And that's exactly what I want to talk about. I want to make a case for this, that I believe we serve a God that's the complete opposite. I believe we serve a God that actually underpromises and over-delivers. I believe the promises that God gives us do not even touch the surface of how great and how wonderful He will be to us as we experience those promises. I remember as a teenager, whenever I gave my heart to Jesus, I was just trying to find purpose. I was trying to find meaning in my life. But you know what? I found so much more than what I ever thought I could receive. I've received life. I've received grace. I've received, man, a wonderful family and a calling and a ministry and friends and just people. Whenever I think was thinking last night about how good God has been to me, I can never truly tell at all or communicate how good God has been. And I want to say, God. Has always under promised and always over delivered in my life every time I thought he wasn't going to come through I found out it may have not been my time but God came through exactly how he promised and even greater than he promised It's like Abraham. He was dead. He he could not have his wife. His wife Sarah. Her womb was dead. She could not have a child. But God promised Abraham that his descendants were going to be like the sand of the sea. And it didn't happen the way he thought it was going to happen. It didn't happen in the time frame that he thought it was going to happen. But God over delivered what he said that he was going to do, and he brought a miracle in his life. And God wants to do. I believe the same thing in our lives. He wants to go above and beyond. He wants to do more than we can imagine. But we all face the same issue, don't we? We live in these things called bodies. We walk on this thing called the earth. We have these things called bills. Our bodies experience things called sickness. We have problems and disagreements, and we live in a fallen world, and we just turn on the news, there's shootings, and we live in a world that seems so far from the promise of God in our life. And I'll dare say that we each have a decision to make. The question is, are we going to believe our problems? Are we going to believe God's promises? Are we going to believe what we see? Are we going to actually see the unseen of God? And this movie, Polar Express, is just all about that It deals with Santa Claus. We're going to use it as a parable to talk about what it means to believe in the real God. To believe who God really is in our lives. And what it looks like whenever we may not be able to see Him. We may not be able to experience it all. But God wants to show us. And there's nobody in the scripture that displays this idea of God over delivering on His promise than Mary. If you have your message notes, why don't you check out Luke chapter 1 and verse 30. Luke chapter 1 and verse 30, I want to show you a promise that God makes and a response that Mary has to that promise. And I would dare say, man, it's a response that I have. I think it's a response that most of us have whenever God promises us great things. It says, don't be afraid, Mary, Luke chapter 1, verse 30. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. I love that, found favor. You know, the favor of God changes everything about us. The favor of God is what makes us great, not ourselves, not our abilities. That's what makes churches great. That's what makes men and women great. It's simply the favor of God. I can preach about that all day. That's good, about the favor of God. It says, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. God tells Mary, I'm going to bring through you something that's never been done before. I'm going to use you to bring the Messiah forth. I'm going to use you to do something that words cannot express or truly proclaim. I'm going to use you to bring the hope of the world. To the people that are hopeless. I'm going to use you, Mary, to do something beyond what you ever thought you could naturally do. In verse 34, I love Mary's response. She said, but I, I don't get it. Like, how can this happen? Because I'm a virgin. It's not naturally possible for God to be able to do what he's saying He will do. Isn't that the story that we all face in our lives? We probably all have an impossibility even right now. Maybe family. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's something at work. Maybe it's something in our bodies. We all have some type of need or impossibility in our lives that whenever we hear a message like this about how God wants to use us and God wants to bless us and God wants to do something beyond where we currently are and actually bring miracles into our lives and live that we would live in such a way that makes a great difference. We say, God, I get it. You're, I get it. That sounds really good churchy stuff, but I don't know how. I don't know how. I, I'm looking at what I can see, and then I'm seeing what you're saying, and it just it doesn't match up. I don't understand. and Man, I surely don't want to put my faith in something and look like a fool, look like something's not real. Well, in the Polar Express, Billy has an experience on Christmas Eve night where a train comes up, and he has a choice. It's kind of scary as a parent, honestly, when I think about this. Some random train coming up in your backyard and your kid getting on. So that maybe that's a teachable moment when you watch the movie tonight at the office. Kids do not ever get on random vehicles as they pull up in the house. But for the story, it's, it's interesting. Billy has this experience and polar, the Polar Express comes up and gives him the opportunity to get on board to take a ride. And what you find out about Billy, he was at a place where he was kind of questioning some things. He hadn't wrote a letter to Santa. He didn't go to the mall to get a picture with Santa this year. He was kind of doubting some things. But he gets on board anyways because he's curious. And he begins to take a ride. And he meets some people along the way. And I think this first person represents probably the voice of doubt that we all have when we look at those situations in our lives that we feel like, is God really real? Check it out. I'll wait for my man. Sit, sit. Sit, sit, sit. Take a take a load of it. Hey, would you like some Joe? Nice. Hot refreshment, perfect for a cold winter's night. on the big man, since you brought him up. Well, I, I want to believe, but... But you don't want to be bamboozled. You don't want to be let down to Primrose Bay. You don't want to be caught or duped, have the wall pulled over your eyes, hoodwinked. You don't want to be taken for a ride, railroaded. See. is believing. Am I right? He says, what's your persuasion about the big man? Is is, is he really real or is he not real? Here's the first point that I want to deal with today is this, that we all deal with doubt. We all deal with doubt. Don't be discouraged if you are having doubt in an area of your life. Maybe you're about to graduate and you, you you know God is real, but, but you don't know if he's really going to come through with you after graduation, if he's really going to make that job happen and come to pass that you're hoping for. Maybe you're in a relationship and things are not going so well and you, you feel like God's saying it's going to be okay and you keep on trusting, you keep on moving forward, but but you don't know that if God's really going to come through and you don't want to look like a fool, but you you, you, you don't want to you, you want to take responsibility for yourself. You don't want to put your hands in anybody else's like, I want to be the master of my own soul. Do you really believe him? Are you trusting yourself? Are you looking at you? See, we all deal with doubt. We all have issues. We all have questions. We all have problems. And here's what i love is that god has never been um, god god has never uh, not loved us because of our doubts god has never thrown anyone away because of their doubts whenever mary said how can this thing be god doesn't say well i'm gonna just choose somebody else to use them If you have questions about how I'm going to use you, Mary, then you know what, I'll just find another teenage girl that I can use. I'm not going to use you because you have doubts, because you have fears, because you have questions. I'll dare say that God uses us because we have doubts, because we have fears, because we have questions, so that when he does the miracle in our life, we won't look at ourselves in the mirror and say, look how good a job we did, but we'll look at our God and say, God, look what you did through our lives. That's what God wants to do. See, we all deal with doubts. Jesus experienced uh, people. This, I want to show you another example of this in the scripture. of When someone came to Jesus that had some doubts. Mark chapter 9, verse 23, it's in your notes. Jesus said unto him, If you can, all things are possible to him who believes. This man had an issue in his family. His daughter was sick. And he came to Jesus asking for him to help her. Jesus, he said, would you heal her, Jesus? And Jesus says, I can. But will you believe? Jesus says, anything's possible to the one that will believe that I can do it. And immediately the Bible says, the father of the child cried out and say, I believe. But then he says, but help my unbelief. Like I'm dealing with doubt, Jesus. And I believe you can do it. But I just am having some questions if you're really going to do it in my life. Maybe you doubt God has a purpose in your life because of your past. Maybe you doubt that God is real because of what other people have said. Maybe you doubt it's been a long time You doubt God will ever do what He once put in your heart He was going to do. You feel like, Abraham, I have all these promises, but I'm just getting older and nothing has changed. Maybe you're even here today doubting if God's even real. Maybe you're dealing with doubt. You see, God, I believe that draws us nearer to Him because it causes us to say, Lord, I need your help. I need your strength. I need your grace. I cannot do it alone. Would you help me, God? Billy was in a turmoil in his life. Is this real or is it not real? Is am I going to look like a fool or am I not going to look like a fool? And he Goes on the ride anyway I want to encourage somebody to get on The ride anyway Like, Don't let your doubts keep you From following and pursuing God If you're waiting for all of your doubts To not be there before you step out In faith, you will never step out In faith If I waited till every doubt was done before my wife and I moved from Florida to come here to start a church, we would still be there wishing we were here today. But there came a moment, a decision, where we had to say, God, I don't understand how it's all going to work. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I know what you've called me to do, and I know what you've promised, and I'm going to step out in faith, trusting your voice in my life. And it's the same as for you as it is for me. God has a call. God has a purpose. God has something beyond. And he wants to know, are you willing to take a step? Is it really, is believing, seeing? God, I'll believe you if I see you. Is it an attitude of skepticism that gets God's favor in our life? Or is it something else? I want to show you another clip from this movie. And I think it tells a picture about what, true belief really looks like and the reward that comes with it. Aren't those bells the most beautiful sound? Okay. What was that you said? Do you believe? Do you believe? The second idea is this, is that believing is seeing. See, in our world today, seeing is believing. Seeing is believing. But with God, it's actually the believing that brings about the seeing. It's opposite because the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that we cannot please God without faith. Like if everything is so clear in our world, then we will not be able to please God because God requires that we believe. God requires that we say, I don't understand it. It doesn't look like it's all working out. But God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust not what I see. I'm going to trust what you've said. I'm going to trust your promise above what everything else looks like around me. My father-in-law has been a, a worship pastor at different churches for over 25 years, and something that I've heard him say so many times that stuck with me, he tells uh, the people that he leads, he says, with, with, in our world, performance precedes praise. In our world... That we, wait, we go to a concert, we let the artist perform, and then after the performance is done, we praise them. We thank them for, for how good they sang, and we, we, we give them praise after they've performed it. But he said, whenever it comes to our God, it's just the opposite. With God, it's not the praise after the performance. With God, we give the praise before the performance. With God, we step out in faith and say, "God, I just praise you before it even happens. God, I praise you before the victory's even won. God, I praise you when there's still sickness in my body. I praise you whenever the bank account's still not where I want it to be. I praise you when I don't have the job. I don't wait till I have the job. I praise you right now before the performance takes place. And I believe when we do that, it's like that bell. When we begin to say, "God," it doesn't look like it. It doesn't. I don't. I don't understand. but I'm just going to praise you for my healing. I'm just going to praise you that you're the God that heals. It doesn't look like it, but I'm going to give you thanks anyways. I believe we begin to see God clearer than we ever see Him before when we step out in faith and believe Him to do the impossible things. Praise precedes the performance with our God we trust Him, we believe Him. Moses, the Bible says, before he crossed over the Red Sea, Moses began to praise and sing glory to God before the Red Sea parted. And everyone else was full of murmuring and complaining. But what happened? On the other side of the miracle, on the other side of the Red Sea, the Bible says that Miriam and all of the people began to give God praise. And they began to thank God for the miracle that He had just taken them through. But I want to still say Moses chose to worship God on the right side of the miracle. Moses chose to worship God on the right side of the impossibility. See, anybody can praise God after the miracle's done, but it takes somebody full of faith to say, God, it doesn't look like it's done, but I'm going to praise you like it's done already. That's what God's looking for. Like, Do you believe it? Are you saying, I'll wait till I see it, God. Or you say, God, I believe you even if I don't see it. Even if on this side of eternity I don't see it, I still believe. I still believe. The Bible says that Abraham had such faith in God that he believed whenever he put Isaac down on the altar that God could even raise him from the dead. He believed that God was so true to his promise that he would put God to the test. I challenge you, put God to the test. Trust him at his word. If he says be a person that's willing to stand on faith and believe, stand and believe it. Take God at his word. I promise he will over deliver on his promise every time. I want to go a little deeper in what it looks like to be able to to believe. Here's the second idea is that we are rewarded when we seek God. We are rewarded when we seek God. God. So when we praise God before the performance, when we seek the Lord before the victory is won, we're rewarded for seeking Him. I want to show it to you in the Scripture. It says, the Scripture says that we those who come to God must believe Here we go. It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists. And that, watch this, secondly, He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. I find it so interesting. The Bible does not say He rewards those who find Him. It doesn't say He rewards the people that find Him. It says He rewards those who seek Him. Many times we base our relationship with God on how many times we find Him. You ever been in worship before? Just had a day and you're driving down the road, you just feel God's presence. You just feel like God is near. You have found the Lord, like He is there with you, and it's wonderful. What you'll find is that our daily walk with God may not always be like that because some days are harder, and some days are some, some, some days aren't are full of rain and full of pain. But God says, if you'll keep seeking Me. Even when you don't feel like it, I'll reward you for it. I'll bless you for it. If you'll just seek me, I've set it aside not for the finder. Anybody can worship me for finding me, but but if you'll just seek after me, if you'll trust me, if you'll be faithful, even whenever things are not working out, if you'll keep coming to church whenever it, everything would be easier not to go. If you just stop giving, when it'd be easier to. To 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 not give if you just just stop seeking him, God says no 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 no. There's reward set aside for you. A couple years ago, my mom called me. Um, mom, are you here today? Mom, yeah, mom's back. here. Give my mom a hand. She's at church today. She we moved we bought a house and we moved yesterday and she watched the kids. Praise God. So we were it was awesome. i was so glad to have mom in town. Well, she called me a couple years ago. I don't know if you remember this, and she said. um, she said, You have some you have some money. Um, you, you have some money uh, on unclaimed um unclaimed monies or something like that. Unclaimed she'd remember exactly what it unclaimed monies. And it's this it's it was a website she went to in the state of state of Kentucky where I grew up and and she typed my name or social security number in and it showed all of the, I guess, rebates or warranty, just whatever it was. It was you know, things that I had bought or maybe a cell phone uh, coverage had went out and, and I had a little bit money le- little bit of money left and, and they couldn't find me, so it just kind of went in this unclaimed. And, and she said, well, you just need to go, you need to claim it. it it's set aside. And, and I filled out the form and I don't know, got like $46 in the mail uh, from that. I'll, I'll, I'll remember that. But, but when I think about that, I think about that's kind of how it is with the Lord. He, there's some things that he has set aside for the seekers. He has some things that it's already there. It's already been paid for. There's some reward there. There's some blessing there. But but he's just waiting for us to to, to be a little bit like Billy and say, I I believe, I believe, God. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to wake up in the morning instead of going and checking Facebook, instead of watching the news, instead of filling my mind with something negative. God, I'm going to seek after you. I'm going to believe you and trust you. And God says, there's a reward that I have waiting for you. I want to bless you. It's like Matthew chapter 14 speaks about how Peter stepped out on the water to Jesus. That's a little bit, uh, what a picture of faith. What a picture of what it means to seek after God. Everybody else is in the boat. Everybody else is at this place of safety. But Peter says, no, I want to step out and I want to trust you. And there was a reward that began to happen whenever he began to seek the Lord. Well, Billy believed wasn't always easy he had a lot of questions he took a big journey but I want to show you the very end of the movie not to give it all away if you want to watch it tonight it's great it's that we watched it like three or four times at our house this week and the kids love it and it's it's just been great but um, I want to show you the end and I want to show you what it looks like when we truly trust and I think it's a picture of that Your name on it. Oh, what a beautiful bell it from Santa. Santa. Santa? Really? Oh, that's too bad. What's this? Huh? Broken. Huh. Sorry about that sport. At one time, most of my friends could hear the bell. But as years passed, it fell silent for all of them. Even Sarah found one Christmas that she could no longer hear its sweet sound. Though I've grown old, the bell still rings for me, as it does for all who truly believe. the last reality is is simply this that everything changes when we surrender everything changes when we surrender to God everything changes when we say God I trust you I believe you I dedicate this message to somebody today going through an impossibility and to let you know that everything will change in your life if you'll just say God I give it to you God, I give my life to you. I give my future to you. I give this circumstance to you. I give my family to you. I give my job. If you'll just surrender, then you'll have an insight to a reality that other people cannot hear. You'll experience something that's so real because it's an act of faith. Mary's response in verse 38 of Luke chapter 1 she said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. See, that's the response. Mary started out saying, God, how? I don't understand it. God says, that's okay. The Holy Ghost is going to take care of it. I got it covered. You just trust me. And Mary said, okay, God, I surrender. Whatever your word says, just let it be for me that way. And whenever she said that, the angel left. I believe at that moment, I believe there was a miraculous, still to this day, the most miraculous thing that's ever taken place when God became a man. And I believe it happened whenever someone says, okay, God, I'll surrender. And God says, through your surrender, I'll bring them past things that's never been done before. I'll use your life. So here's the real question I want to ask today. Are you on board? Are you on board? Say, I, I, I got some doubts and fears, Brandon. I, I really don't know about this situation. I don't even know about this whole God thing. And I'd say, it's okay. We all have questions and fears but will you just get on board? Will you just take a step of faith? God's not asking you to have it all figured out today. He's not asking you to have no doubts ever again in your life. He's not asking you to have no fears. He's not asking you to never have another struggle. He's just one to know, will you get on board? Will you trust Him? Because I promise it will be the journey of of a lifetime. Maybe a next step for you is for somebody to risk your reputation and take a bold step toward God. Maybe you need to tell the truth in a relationship that you're in right now and you know God's calling you to be honest and looks like no one's going to like me if I'm real and honest and God says just will you get on board? Will you trust me? Maybe you're going through a situation right now that nobody knows about. Just a prison in your own mind or something that's behind closed doors. You say, God, I don't know if you could touch this area of my life. I have a problem. I have an addiction. I have a pain. I have a hurt that's so deep. God says, will you just get on board with me? Will you just ask somebody for help? Will you just take a step today? Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 4 said, If we wait for perfect conditions, we'll never do anything. So today, will you make a decision to get on board with God? To trust Him, even though you may not be able to see Him. But believe. Believe. Jesus, I come before you today. Thank you that you've never thrown me away because of any doubt that I've had. Because of a fear. But you've been so patient with me. and I know you're that way for each and every one of us. God, would you help us to get on board your great purpose and plan. Help us to trust you with all of our hearts. Help us to see the impossible. Help us to see the impossible take place. Resurrect dead dreams and hearts today and help us to experience the fullness of life that you've promised.